Welcome to the Unapologetic Designer Podcast, where we chat controversial design topics and expose the raw truth about life as a designer. It's October, and I thought, what better way to celebrate than with some client horror stories? I have been pretty fortunate over the years to not have had too many bad client experiences, but there are definitely some that come to my mind when this topic gets brought up. So I'm going to share a few of mine and then I'm going to share a few from our listeners that were submitted anonymously. So this first client horror story takes place during my first year in business. I had chatted with a client who needed an e-commerce website and I only charged them like $1,500 for this website because at that time I didn't know anything about design industry pricing and for me that was quite a big project and now I realize that's not even an acceptable rate to charge for an e-commerce website but back then I didn't know that. So I get on a phone call with this client and I explain the process. They say they want to move forward. Everything sounds good. And so I email their contract and deposit. And once they sign it and pay their deposit, they text me saying, hey, I'm done doing this. So excited to work together. Okay, cool, right? Well, then the day of our project, they text me. And they're like, okay, are we starting? Like, what what do I need to do? And this started to raise some red flags for me because I don't give out my phone number to text clients. I give out my phone number to talk to them. Anyways, at that point, that's what I did. I wasn't using Zoom or anything like that. So I had never had someone abuse access to my phone number until this point. So once we start working together, they just start texting me all the time. They were texting me their ideas. They would text me questions. They would text me about their life, about their family, as if we were best friends. And I don't mind forming good relationships with my clients, but there is definitely a fine line between a healthy client designer relationship and an unhealthy client designer relationship and this definitely went into the unhealthy area because they were just simply abusing access to my phone number and it was giving me anxiety and stress because every time my phone lit up I didn't know what they were going to say next I didn't know if I was going to have to tend to their questions or if they were going to have new ideas and as a designer that is very overwhelming to have a client texting you all the time when you're supposed to be working on their project and you feel obligated to constantly give them updates, it was just a nightmare. Like I just wanted to get through this website, finish it up so I could stop texting them. And I didn't know how to handle the situation at that time because again, I was still in my first year in business. I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know what to do. They should have never had my phone number in the first place, but I didn't have a process laid out at that time. And eventually we wrapped up the project 
and I just kind of stopped responding to them after that. That situation was so hard to handle because if you've ever found yourself in a similar situation, you don't know what to do because you don't want to upset your client. You want to make them happy, but at the same time, the way that they're doing things is causing you extra stress and making you resent the project and resent them as a client. And those types of situations are so, so, so hard to navigate. And that is why it's so important to set boundaries up front with your clients and have a process laid out for yourself. That was the experience that made me stop giving out my phone number. After that is when I really started looking more into how to talk to clients, how to communicate properly, and I started using Zoom and Calendly. And there is still one or two clients that have my phone number to this day, but those are clients who respect that access to my phone number and don't abuse it. So if there's anything to learn from that experience, it's don't give your phone number out to clients and please try to have a process laid out for yourself before you start working on client projects. Get prepared because if you go in unprepared like me, you may find yourself in very uncomfortable situations like that. I wish I had prepared more. I wish I knew more about client communication and boundaries. I wish I knew more about business tools like Zoom and Calendly, but I didn't and that's how I ended up in that situation. Moving on to this next experience, this happened during the summer of my first year in business. So it was like a little bit after I had graduated design school and was fully self-employed for the first time, full time. This client wanted to pay me by check, which was already suspicious because if you've ever come in contact with scammers who try to scam designers, then you would know that they always request to pay by check. So I was a little suspicious of that, but I did end up having a call with them and they seemed like they really wanted to move forward. They really wanted to work together. They really wanted to make it happen, but they were a little not so tech savvy. Like they were a little technologically challenged. And I was like, you know, that's okay. Some people aren't, you know, good with technology. I can walk you through some things. That's okay. We can work through it together because I genuinely wanted to help this person. And so the first assignment that they had was to create a mood board. And I explained to them that they can do this through cutting out things and creating a collage or like making a document of screenshots. Like I explained multiple ways that they could do this. And I explained multiple times that this mood board is used for inspiration. This person struggled so much with creating the mood board that they hired a student from my school to help them create the mood board. And this student was also someone that I was like kind of friends with. So they were telling me what was going on. And the student drove like an hour to meet this person. And when they met, the student just tried to explain what a mood board was the entire time and this client just picked out a bunch of pictures of shoes for the mood board. That doesn't help me much at all as a designer. Like, it'd be okay to throw 
a few images and, you know, photography into the mood board, but I need more than that. Basically, the student told me that this client would just not listen and they didn't comprehend almost anything that the student was telling them. So some time passes and I just start working on this very, very small logo and brand board because I wasn't about to do a ton of work when the client wasn't giving me what I needed. Comprehending was just unbelievable. So I made them a very, very small like logo mood board thing. I could barely even figure out what they wanted the name of their business to be. I sent it off to them and this client had requested to see the student again. And this time the student came to this client's house and apparently the client started fighting with their significant other and started yelling and the student left and like never talked to this client again. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I'm so sorry you had that experience with that person. And I never even heard from the client again after that point. So I was pretty happy I never heard from them again, but it was just weird. Like, I don't know if this individual maybe had some mental health problems or some things going on in that area. I don't know. But it was a very strange nightmare type of client experience. But they didn't add on any packaging design, any product design, or anything to the base brand identity package that I offer. Even though I asked them if they needed those things, they didn't add anything onto it. And so I love my clients to walk away with everything they need and decided to add on the product design into their brand identity out of the kindness of my heart because I knew my client was going to need a branded product design. Well, I send over the initial branded energy presentation and they come back with a few minor refinements except for one major thing and it was that they didn't like the product design at all, which again was not even included in their package from the start, but I added it because I like my clients to have everything they need. A picture in a coloring book. It's not as simple as typing in a name on a keyboard. It's not as simple as following instructions. You can't follow instructions to create something that doesn't already exist. It requires creative thinking, problem solving, and ultimately brainstorming and collaboration. So for them to say that they felt like I wasn't following instructions was absolutely ridiculous. They clearly have no idea how a designer thinks or how a design is conceptualized by that statement. And before I could even respond, they send another message. And this was an example of something a family member had created for the product design. And they said, I want it to be more like this. Now, as a designer, that is extremely offensive. It would be completely different if they had taken some product designs or 
visual references off the internet and said, can we go more in this direction? But that's not what they did. They literally had a family member create the entire product design mock-up, send it to me and say, I want it to be more like this. Because in my eyes, I'm like, okay, you didn't ask for this by default. This wasn't even included in your package. I went out of my way to add this for you. You're not giving me any more visual references, but then you're telling me I'm not following the instructions. And now you just had someone else create the design and tell me to make it more like that. Why aren't you just working with them? That is what goes through my mind as a designer. Why did you hire me for my creative ideas if you want someone else's opinion and someone else's ideas? You should just hire them for the product design. So I just recreated that exact product design because at that point I was not going to spend any more time or energy trying to develop something that they weren't going to like because I clearly didn't understand what they wanted. I sent over a presentation with a voiceover and I very thoroughly and firmly explained that design is not following instructions And it's not that simple. And that just because they tell me they want something a certain way doesn't mean that I'm going to envision it the same way that they're envisioning it. And their feedback on that presentation was that everything looked great, but they wished that I had used my own ideas on the product design. And I didn't even acknowledge that comment because based on the experience and the feedback that I had gotten up to that point, They didn't want my ideas. They didn't want something created by me. They didn't like my ideas for the product design. And I could tell that I would just keep creating different variations for days and days and days and not have them satisfied. So I wasn't going to spend any more time and energy on that product design that wasn't even originally included in their package. We wrapped up the project. I sent their offboarding document over. And this contains instructions on how to use all of their files. Like a PNG is the file with a transparent background. A JPEG has a solid colored background. And it explains how to use every single file type they have. Well, a week goes by and I get a DM from this person. And they say, hey, the white PNG logo file you sent isn't working. And I said, okay, well, what's going on when you open it? And of course, I immediately go to my computer and I check everything that I sent them because I want to be sure that I'm not screwing up. And the white PNG logo file is completely fine. I open it up, I check it on my computer, and I can see what I sent them is completely fine. It is working just fine. And they sent me a screenshot. You guys, they had the white PNG logo file opened on a white background. So, of course, they couldn't see it. Anyways, that was what I had to deal with. I'm so glad I got through that project. It was just so strange how it went from being so great to so bad so fast. But sometimes that can happen. You know, sometimes those things just happen. There's not much you can do about it. Another pretty negative client experience I had more recently was that the client I was working with just didn't know how to communicate 
any kind of solid direction that they wanted, which really made a lot of work for me. And here's what I mean. They created their mood board, answered all of their questions, and in the mood board they had this nice like beachy theme vibe going on. They had very specific colors and they even said, I want to use these colors, I want to use these fonts, and they gave me very straightforward ideas about how they wanted to move forward. So I spent a few weeks creating their brand identity and I presented to them and they basically say, I know you spent a lot of time on this, but this isn't anything like what we want. And for me, that was extremely frustrating because I took a step back and I looked at everything and I said, okay, is there something that I missed? Did I think too hard about this? Did I overlook something? And I came to the conclusion that I did not. This was directly derived from my research, their answers to the questions I asked them, the mood board direction, it all matched up. So this client either completely just changed their idea that they had, or they never knew how to communicate what they were looking for in the first place. So this client said, I know this took you a really long time. How about you just send me a few small ideas and then we can go from there instead of doing an entire brand identity again, which is not the way I work. It's not my process. It's not how I do things. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to do whatever the client wants because clearly there's some disconnect going on here. So I send them a few different ideas and exactly what I expect to happen happens. They're like, okay, can we try this and this color? Can we try this with this design? Can we do this with this? And that's exactly why I use the one concept method in my process to avoid situations like that. But I did it because I was already, you know, sucked into this project. It was a big paying project. And at that point, I didn't want the client to walk away unhappy. I never want my clients to walk away unhappy. So I created all of these different things and they became very, very picky about each and every little thing in the design. And at the end of our project, they ended up with one primary logo, one secondary logo, some icons, and maybe three colors. Because that is all they wanted. That is how picky they were. Even when I made them brand marks and things to go along with the primary logo and the colors and all that, they were like, oh, I don't want to use that. So they basically got like an unfinished brand identity because that's what they wanted. Super strange experience. And I mean, we ended the project on a good note, but it was still extremely stressful for me because they went completely out of my process. They asked for a bunch of different ideas and they were overly picky about things. And I don't like working with people who are like that. That is why I use the process that I use and try to, you know, follow that process to a T with every single client. Anyways, that's enough of my 
client horror stories, let's see what some of our listeners have submitted. This first one reads, I'm a senior graphic web and brand designer for a marketing agency. Where do I even begin? I have stories every week. I design for a very large and known brand. And it says that this brand has a yellow spark for our logo and that it might start with a W. I have an idea in mind of who they might be talking about. And they say, every single task I'm given is an urgent request. Ew, 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 ew. Absolutely hate that. Their urgency is not your urgency. The client's urgency is not your urgency. But I can completely understand, especially when you're working for like an agency, that they put an immense amount of pressure on you to feel like you have to do every single task at like lightning speed. They said, last month, I had to create and edit 70 plus icons in maybe two hours. I got in trouble because I wasn't making them fast enough, even though I got it done in under two hours. I'm also the only designer left on our team since the agency laid off all the other designers just two weeks ago. I've been in hell since. I manifested getting laid off so that I can finally get a break from constantly trying to crank out content while dealing with burnout and I manifested it for every designer there but myself. (laughs) Listen, friend, I think that that is a sign you should absolutely quit. Obviously, have a game plan for yourself. Have some savings to fall back on, but sounds like this is seriously impacting your health and your well-being, and it sounds like a very toxic work environment. So... Maybe it's time to say goodbye. And the sad part is a lot of corporate environments are like this. And it seems like nowadays it's getting worse. Like companies just keep laying off people and then putting the extra work on the ones that are still there, making things so, so unbelievably hard on their workers. This next horror story... It's pretty long. So it reads, I took on a branding project from a friend. I know, I know, in caps. His mom runs a company that he works at and they were looking to rebrand because they changed specialties. So I said, okay. I scheduled a call, sent an invoice and the retainer was paid eventually. Everything's looking good. The problem is, They're absolutely not on the same page. Both have a completely different vision for the company, and I only realized that after I'd finished the first brand identity. Yes, first. It was tailored to what he was looking for, which was modern, minimal, progressive, etc. His mom was fine with it, but I didn't get that wow reaction from her. So I went back to the drawing board after talking to her. I shouldn't have, if I'm honest, but I felt that it was my fault for not getting them into a meeting together and making that compulsory, as she had claimed she was too busy to do it previously and had handed it off to her son to fill me in. The second identity went down a storm, even though I was fairly pissed off at this point. The project was about to come to a close, and I was waiting on some final info for collateral files to wrap things up and request the final payment before sending the deliverables across. 
Keep in mind that this whole time I've been chasing them for client calls, feedback, you name it. This entire thing has been ongoing since April of this year. Now that the bulk of the project is done, they go silent. It's been months and I've not heard from them. The friend vaguely gave me an excuse about being overwhelmed and then completely ghosted. I've sent reminders, the invoice again with no response. I'm now fairly certain the friendship is done for good as it's past the point of an apology. Moral of the story, avoid your friends as clients unless you have an ironclad contract and don't feel bad about following through with legal action if they don't stick to their end. Wow. It's so sad that we have to look at our friends and those around us with that perspective because this can happen to really anybody. And I will tell you that about two years ago, I had worked on this project and the client was a really good person and I really believed in their business and I really respected this person. And so they still had a $1,500 installment left on their project. I was like, I know you need all of your branding materials for some things and events you have coming up. I'll go ahead and send them to you. I, I believe that, you know, you're a really good person and you're going to pay your final installment as intended. Well, wrong, 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 wrong. I sent their files and when their final payment was due, it notified me that the payment was late. My system said this payment's late. The client hasn't paid. So I messaged them and they're like, yeah, I'll get it to you next month. I've just had a really hard month, blah, blah, blah. I let it slide. Then the next month came around and it happened again. And then it happened again. And then it was a three-month excuse. And then it was a six-month excuse. And keep in mind, late fees are racking up. Like my system auto-calculates late fees. So the whole time this person isn't paying, their invoice is getting larger. And nearly a year goes by and I emailed them and I said, I have given you the benefit of the doubt more than once. If you don't pay this by this date, I'm going to get an attorney involved. It's very unfortunate that I've come to this point, but I have been so generous to you and I have never had a client go this long without paying their final invoice. I have no choice left but to get an attorney to protect myself and my business. And they've been making payments on that invoice ever since I sent that email. It's quite strange how when you threaten to take serious action that people actually own up. So maybe you need to send a very firm email and if that doesn't work, maybe you need to actually get an attorney involved. Ah, Those situations are always so, so incredibly hard to deal with and upsetting. And that's also one of the reasons that it's harder to work with multiple people. I had a call not too long ago with the assistant that works at a company. And the assistant can only answer so much, yet they took like almost an hour of my time. And a few weeks later, the assistant 
and the actual CEO email me wanting another call. And I straight up said, if you want another call, you're going to have to pay because when you take a call, obviously that's time right there. But also the CEO needs to be on these kind of calls. And this story really reflects that. If both of the partners or the main CEO is not on the call, there is going to be a lack of communication and issues that arise. So, you know, if you're working with a team of people, always, always try to get that main CEO or both of the partners on the calls because it is extremely important to the process. I think that is about it for today's client horror stories. I hope you guys enjoyed them and I hope that you are having a great month. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unapologetic Designer Podcast. If you'd like to submit your unapologetic design opinions, head over to the link in my description to submit yours anonymously. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can follow our Instagram page or you can sign up to make a monthly donation. I'll see you in the next episode.